Hello and welcome back to the Just Hoops podcast. Hope everybody had a happy holiday weekend and is enjoying their tween holiday week. Um, with New Year's coming, uh, there's a lot of just exciting things happening. A lot of really good basketball on Christmas Day. Um, but today, Josh and I are here. We listened to a podcast by, I believe it was Basketball Minds or Thinking Basketball. Um along the lines of that with the name of it, but uh, they talked about the growth and just overall explosive scoring in the NBA nowadays and how scoring has just boomed of late. When you look at stats uh, over the last five seasons, we've had a steady increase in offensive rating from in 2017-18, it was 108.6. And now currently during this season it is a 113.3, the highest it's ever been in as far as basketball reference has um and that sparked some conversation between me and josh and we're going to talk about the evolution of big men and that how that relates to both the offense and defense in modern basketball but before we do so josh how you doing um tired um very good i'm tired um it's been a great week of watching basketball um we have an audience today for the beginning of our podcast um but i'm doing pretty good excited to talk about this i think it's a fun uh topic something that we really don't think about very often especially in the heat of the nba season you you're not thinking about how basketball has changed over the past 10 15 20 years so um i think it's gonna be a fun interesting podcast so without further ado, um, I think that the best place to start is just in terms of bigs today, what do you think is the perfect championship big man? Well, that just depends on what the team needs, in my opinion. Like, say, you, say you're Boston, right? They don't really need um, – I, I think, like, Robert Williams is the perfect center for them. Um, you talk about a team like – I mean, I don't, I don't say – I don't think there's a perfect center. Like, if you want to change how you word that question to something like the – I mean, I don't even know. Like, I mean, Jokic would be the perfect center. Embiid, they're kind of – somewhat similar skill sets like they're the only two similar bigs in the nba like they're the only two guys that you could kind of compare to each other um so i wouldn't say there's a perfect championship center uh in my opinion obviously a championship guy would be somebody that plays extremely hard um for a center is willing to protect the rim fight for rebounds um but that wouldn't fit into the context of what we're talking about now because that's been around for the longest time no it does um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't say there's a prototype, like perfect center for championships. It was just to get you going a little bit. It wasn't like an actual question. Um, I just wanted to kind of like springboard the idea, but what you were saying, like you just brought up Boston. We have the, we're recording Tuesday night, uh, the Rockets and Boston Celtics are playing right now. It's in the fourth quarter. And when you watch this game right now, there's Bruno Fernando and Robert Williams on the floor, two guys that are going to rebound block shots and be vertical threats. Correct. Mm -hmm. 
I just want to expand upon that in terms of offense today is so based on motion, on the ball always moving. There's randomness. There's action going on. And would you rather have somebody that could play make or would you want a Claxton? Would you want a Robert Williams? Would you want somebody that is more that vertical threat? They're going to have one or two bounces in them for a DHO, a more traditional big. Or would you want somebody that could do a lot of different things, like a Wendell Carter? A Draymond Green even is considered a quote-unquote center. Kevon Looney could do all the same things. Like, What would you prefer in today's offense and in today's basketball to have? Because I think that there's pros and cons to both sides of that argument. Um, again, I would say it's the same thing. Like it depends on the team. Um, I'm, I, I would you. me, well, it, how I think about it is like, say you got a team like Phoenix, you have two really ball dominant guards and wings. Um, I would not want a ball dominant center as well. I wouldn't want somebody else to kind of play make. I would rather somebody like a DeAndre and like a Robert Williams, um, Trying to think is like, like a uh, Claxton, like you said, Zubak. Um, I would rather one of those guys if I have more ball dominant guards and wings. Um, but I would say a hybrid, like somebody that could put the ball. Like I don't want to say somebody young, um, somebody that could put the ball down a little bit, but that isn't so much ball dominant. You know, like has the skill. To put the ball down, um, you're saying Podal, yeah. Some somebody like that, yeah. That's that's a good that's a good one. So like more of a modern center, but not somebody that's super ball dominant, like a Jokic or Embiid. Um, that would be for me. I don't know if that's just farm bias, but um, for me, I would want. I'd be more worried about their ability to space rather than if they could make a play. Like, to me, I think Brooke Lopez is the quintessential, like, what you're going to expect from big men moving forward. Like, right now in Milwaukee, what we're getting is a guy that is shooting 40% from three, is a vertical spacer at the rim, and then you put him on defense, and he's able to block and disturb shots in the paint. Like, he is not putting in a ton of DHOs. He's not giving the ball a lot to make plays like that, unless if it is, like, one of their automatics, like a pick-and-pop into a zoom or a pick-and-pop into something. Like, he's typically spaced off the ball, but also they could put him on the porch. They could give him the ball in the post and be back to his traditional ways like he was in Brooklyn. Like, in terms of, hey, I need to give you the ball and make a play, I don't think that that's necessarily needed. But I think in today's basketball, just the more levels that somebody could provide that are off-ball threats, I think that that just improves spacing because spacing is offense, offense is spacing, and just the overall explosiveness of what's going on in today's game, I think you just need somebody that could space the floor from the three-point line and from the rim. Um, those are like my what I would think big men are going toward, but I also think that the Jokic and Bead conversation needs to happen. Like, Hey, is this going to be expected? I feel like this is like, we're talking about like things that like, we're saying this is like 
a normal thing, but you think about 10, 15 years ago, the, this, what we're saying today is like a traditional backup center, like, uh, skilled like a skilled everybody in the nba skilled so a skilled guy that could kind of stretch the floor who's gonna work hard to protect the rim you could get the ball in the post a little bit um but you think about 10 15 years ago backup centers were rebounders like couldn't really go to them at all offensively um i'm trying to think of cole or joel anthony joel Joel anthony like Tough guys. Um, Ron Terrio. Ron Terrio. <laughs> oh. Like these, it's the the skill level has just gone up, like skyrocketed, and I just that's that's a huge reason. Going back to the scoring differential, um, offensive offensive eh, offensive offenses flow more when there's more skilled guys on the floor because there's more offensive power or offensive weapons. Um, that you have to worry about. So it's harder to defend NBA team and NBA teams it, that NBA teams now than it was 10, 15 years ago, because every position can somewhat kind of handle the ball, um, space the floor and in a good bit of positions on the floor could get their own bucket. Um, so I feel like offenses, a big reason that offenses are exploding now is because the big man, the four or five position has gotten more guard skills, more offensive skills over the past 10, 15 years. So that's, yeah. No, that's valid. Um, Just even watching this game, like watching young Jakob Podol, like we changed the game to the Spurs, OKC, like young Jakob Podol was a back to the basket. It was like 2012, he was at Utah and, uh, he was a very traditional big man, got drafted to Toronto and was traditional and almost ran out of the league until of late. He has grown his game in terms of being able to put the ball on the ground, being able to make decisions for others, being an elite defender, being able to switch out, make plays on the perimeter and also inside. No, Utah University or go Utes. Um, but uh, just like the overall like growth of guys um i actually want to reel it back a little bit and like there were guys that kind of paved the way for this type of play like chris bosh uh ryan anderson dirk um these types of guys were able to go out there score in different ways be complete threats offensively and also cover their ground defensively for the most part i know when dirk got older it was more of a struggle but like they were able to do it at both ends of the floor and play so quote unquote different that it ended up being the way like it was like oh we could add that guy to shoot rather than oh we need a physical bruising four man and even if you go to like even five men now like the majority of teams like have the ability to space the floor with their five that it is so interesting and unique to see one thing that I feel, I think you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it was easy to say like Shaq days. It was easy to force your will on somebody just because there wasn't that many body tight, like that many big guys, like big, like Shaq big. 
guys around. I feel like that's more common nowadays. Not not so not as big as Shaq, but there's a lot of bru like there's a good bit of bruisers out there um that have like you have to get something else to make the NBA now. Like it's not just being big and strong is not getting you to the NBA. Oh, okay. You look you look at somebody like Oscar Shibwe. I mean he's six eight but he's like two sixty. Um and he's struggling to get a good look in the NBA even though he's the player of the year in college because he's just forces his will on people that are so much smaller than him that he could get 25 and 15 a game. Um, and that's what I feel like there's so many of that type of guy now that people had to get skill to make the NBA. Um, I don't know if you agree. I don't think necessarily that they needed that skill to make the NBA. I think that the growth of skill kind of went hand in hand with media. If you really like, if you break it down, when media started to explode and basketball was more mainstream, Allen Iverson, Jordan later in his career, then you go Kobe. Like these types of guys were the guys, like they were the face of the league. And all of them had tremendous on-ball skill, on-ball talent. And that podcast we listened to talked about hero ball talked about like how the league went from that to more systematic flow just things are happening all the time on the floor and that's probably the majority of the reason why offense is so good is because like of that constant movement it's so hard to guard and then on top of that everybody grew up with the desire to be kobe with the desire to be a Tracy McGrady be a guy that's always out there on a nightly basis dropping 35 40 points having the ball in their hands being able to go either way being able to finish at the rim with both hands like it's stuff that I think nowadays at the NBA level is like if you can't do one of these things that weakness gets poked out so fast and that could be your job you know like in terms of a player standpoint and that goes hand in hand with big men because nowadays if you can't shoot if you can't space the floor you're gonna get picked for that unless if you're exceptional at something else if you can't dribble you're gonna get picked unless if you're exceptional at something else like big men i think have kind of a get out of jail free card compared to other positions where if you're an elite defender and rebounder you will always have an opportunity you know what i mean because offense is so good but at the end of the day like if you're going to win games, you still need to get some stops. And a big man gives you that opportunity. That's where Brooklyn's late, latest success with Claxton playing incredibly well, being able to switch out, being able to plug the rim, being able to rebound at a high level. I think that's interesting to see him and Zubak and even actually, I'm not even going to say Nurkic because offensively the guy does so much, but there are a handful of these old school traditional big men, Steven Adams, like, even though Steven Adams is an elite passer offensively, he can't do anything outside of four or five feet, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like cool to see how different guys are able to add value in different ways and how it's able to relate to both offensive success and ways that offense could get hindered in today's basketball. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I guess you could also say that the other players have gotten 
I don't know if you kind of like if this is what you kind of meant, but like other players have gotten so skilled that they could just like pick apart what bigs used to do. Like bigs have to move better now. Um, bigs have to. Well, yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's all part of it. Um, yeah. You got nothing. Nothing else to add to that, no. Expand. Um. <laughs> Josh is tired. It's past his bedtime. Um, I just, I think that this is like in terms of that podcast really like had us going in the moment. And I think that bigs relate directly to that. And you go across the league, there's guys shooting 40% from three that are seven feet tall and up. And then they're also great screeners. They're great passers. They're solid at putting the ball on the ground. And then you go to the other end of the floor and they will switch out. And they're also able to drop. They're also able to do all these things. But I think that the two guys that stand out differently are Joel and Jokic. Do you think that – I know, like, it's not to say, like, do you think that that's expected. I just want to think, like, do you think that having that – um I can't think of the word. Um, is it possible to still win in today's basketball with your offense completely centered around a big man, regardless if it is Jokic or Embiid, with the explosiveness on the perimeter? Do you think that it is possible? And how, yes, big men are changing, but do you think it's possible to win with these types of guys. I'm not necessarily sure why or what I'm asking, but just go with it. Uh, I would say I would say yes. Um because I feel like the Warriors kinda were centered around Draymond Green, like their offense centered around the playmaking of Draymond Green. Um so like I feel like that's gonna be that's going to be a more common thing to see, like you see it with Sabonis now in Sacramento. Uh, it's more of a Sabonis-based offense because he's the main, uh, like the the guy, the main main guy in the offense, I guess, I, for lack of a better term. Um, but I feel like that's going to be a more common thing. If you want to play through a big man, it's going to have to be that way. I don't see people getting the ball low post anymore um and just like i said before forcing their will even if they have really good fo- footwork um i don't see that happening half of a game uh now when you think about jokic the thing that makes him uh especially jokic that makes him more of a um a go-to threat is that he could go around the rim but then two possessions later he's bringing the ball up the floor and he's running a pick and roll handoff with Jamal Murray um where he's the what was I trying to say like he's he's the main guy in the offense on the perimeter and then two plays later you'll get it to them in the post like it's so versatile that you don't you can't focus on one thing you have to be to run an offense through you have to be able to do multiple things both on the perimeter and in the paint in the post um able to knock down a 15 foot shot at a pretty good rate uh if you could stretch the floor a little bit that's a bonus 
Um, but I don't think that's like a main thing. I don't think stretching the floor is going to be a main focus. Like you're just going to have to have solid guard skills to be able to run an offense through you on the perimeter. You have to be able to read a defense. You have to be able to dribble the ball more than two times, um, be able to switch hands, dribble with your left hand, be able to drive it on a big man, um, like all these things. You're just going to have to have a little bit more guard skills in the future. I really like that point um, with the uh, Draymond Green. Uh, I know he wasn't necessarily the big man like Bogut, for the early part of that was, but Draymond Green was definitely the hub of that offense. And he was, he has set like the Warriors in general, I think have set the blueprint for what offense can be. And just kind of was like, hey, here's the foundation of what it means to be an elite offense. The ramness, the movement on and off the ball. Guys are always playing off of each other, even if the ball's not even like on their side of the floor. If the ball's in some type of action, there's action happening off and the point that Draymond Green was typically the orchestrator of all that. Like, that's a really good, like, point that that podcast that we listened to brought up, too, that the point that Draymond Green, the now Sabonis, now even if you go to, uh, like, Stephen Adams, elbow actions, uh, Wendell Carter Jr., he's back and healthy, and they're going back to elbow stuff in Orlando they haven't had in a minute. Like, bam, out of bio. Um these big men that you could give the ball to allow them to play as a guard, a quote unquote guard back in the day, uh, and just make high level decisions, high level passes, even though that they're not the, the guy that is traditionally supposed to do that. I think that that goes to why offenses are so much better and continuing to improve though, too, is that you can give the ball to your big man have your big dribble it up the floor. Most nights have a mismatch and allow him to be the guy creating and orchestrating and just being the overall offensive hub. Like that's a really tough job for defense to figure out when you're typically weaker defenders that are your smaller guards are going to be put in action off the ball, having to chase guys around, getting hit by screens and all this stuff while the big is playing essentially one-on-one just reading what's happening and making a play like that's really tough to figure out an antidote to defensively um and that that really did just spark a lot of ideas but i don't know where i'll go with that um one thing i want to say is that with that um you could it's to go back to the offense you could hide players more so say like a draymond green he's not the best shooter he can knock down an open three uh but he's he's not the best shooter so think of him off more off ball that takes away spacing for the warriors takes away driving lanes so now when he has the skill to run an offense um you're you're opening up driving lanes because you have to worry about steph clay jordan Poole, uh andrew wiggins all these guys running off off-ball screens, off-ball actions. So just to have a big man, if he can't spread the or space the floor, then have him be able to run an offense is just, it's huge for spacing purposes, for just complete motion. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I oh, just, yeah. I, I feel like that's, that's where the game is going now. And that's why a huge jump in offensive production has happened over the past three 
four years because this has really become a huge thing. Uh, like you said, players that used to be bruisers and traditional big men like Steven Adams, Brooke Lopez, um, Podal, uh, Nurkic, all these guys, now they're able to run the offense through them. They're able to get them in the elbow and run action off of them and you can't help off of Steven Adams because he has the ball. Uh, you have to worry about three or four shooters off the ball. So it's just, it's helping with all those things and help offenses flow better. Another thing I've been seeing a lot of with bigs off the ball, like you're saying how you can put them as the director, as that offensive hub run off of them, but also putting them in different positions off the ball rather than being the screener where you can always sink off of them. Milwaukee does a good job at this at putting Brooke at the 45. So you're having to already have the big man out of position. Brooke, Brooke could shoot, but there's other bigs in the league that could do that. Like Nurkic, they see him a lot at the 45, and he's not that great of a shooter, but he could knock it down. Like a spacing big where you're distorting the help side and you're putting them above the break. That is so tough to first of all rotate. And then if you have a closeout with a small guy, it's like there's no closeout at all, you know? So the different ways to utilize a big man today, rather than plug him on the block, plug him on the porch, make him a screen setter and diver, and let him chill out by the hoop. Like there's so much more versatility today in what a big man can do and how they're being utilized that it has completely changed offensive dynamics and just has opened up the just ideas for coaches across the league. Everybody's using their bigs differently. Everybody's like seeing ways to create advantages off of their fives. It's just so fun and interesting to dive into. Like I know I was saying Claxton's a traditional big, but you see him bringing the ball up on a coast to coast opportunity once in a while. Like you see even the, keeping it in Brooklyn like Ben Simmons operates as a five man sometimes for their bench unit like you go to um Los Angeles LeBron James has to play the five without Anthony Davis like you're able to utilize the five spot the traditional five spot in such a new and unique way with tons of different talent filling that role that it's such an anomaly and it's so ambiguous and it's able to change and have variety to it and it's just i think that it's a glimpse at the explosive offense nowadays and how the game has changed so much just because one position could open up so many different things for you that's another thing to think about those small more small ball uh, that's been used over the past few years you see guys that like you see forwards like threes and fours that you could look at and say he could kind of handle his own against a more like an eight in big man or a uh, a brook lopez in the post and you're going to put a smaller lineup out there like just because i don't know I, where did I, i'm blanking now um like that's like that's that's just the direction of what the nba wants to do like that's what you like over the past like i'd say when when was Small ball wasn't hasn't been super long. I'd say Miami with the Warriors, my like the old Miami teams. Um, so I'd say those teams like that's that's what you're trying to get to. Um, and now you really don't have to go to that anymore. 
Like, there's some teams that still do, but that's just how teams are made. Clippers, but that's just how they're made up. Um, but that's, like, that was, like, the ideal offense, and it was hard to guard, especially with the Warriors. Like, you could call the Warriors small ball when they went with their death lineup. And now you see it all over the league, and with but without having to go to that four. Like, you have the five now. Like, you have a 6'10 to 7-foot guy that could do the same thing that that 6'8" three could do for the big man so i think that that relates though directly to like they used to have to do small ball to just get more skill on the floor more shooting more just overall like talent on the floor you know what i mean and then now we do have these guys that are seven feet and up that could do just everything this somebody that's six eight could somebody that's six six like it's just the growth of that position and the growth of talent in general has just allowed offenses to blossom in a variety of ways. And it's just really fun for us to dive in, watch, learn different things. Like it was funny because like for us, when did we go back and watch those Pacer Miami games over the summer? We watched old um, playoff games from like the heat Pacers in like 2012, 2011, like, we watched some old college games and it's like even for 10 years ago it was back to the basket it was two three out two in it was just guys trying to score in the paint uh, not much shooting going on i think like in those playoff games it was like maybe miami put up 14 threes in a game and like the pacers might have put up 12 and like it's just so different and how the big man was used then like roy hibbert was not going to do anything to space the floor to get into a DHO to get action going or even defensively anything outside of five feet you know another big thing that you could say along with the big man that has changed is role players uh, this is a big thing that's talked about though is role players back even 2010 2011 uh, with those Miami teams they were all mid-range shooters like the role players caught and shot in the mid-range the spacing was more in um the yeah um i feel like those miami teams kind of changed that with like ray allen shane battier uh chicago tried first chicago okay um they were the first successful team shit to win a championship that was no, like no, that no, no. i mean like in the same time range yeah Forver, yeah 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 you said win a championship yeah the first team to win a championship that did that oh you mean my oh okay, yeah miami, okay. um so i feel like that kind of you could kind of say like that's Maybe that like kind of birthday idea for the Warriors. I mean, I'm just kind of stretching here, but uh, that it was the Suns. The thing with the like birthing the ideas of the Warriors was the triangle, seven seconds or less Suns, and the beautiful like the Spurs. You know, I'm like offenses that had a lot of movement, and then Steve Kerr was just like, hey, like I could use Draymond as the playmaker rather than like. The Spurs, yeah, they had Tim in the post, but they did play more modern basketball back in a time when it didn't happen. Like, you look at them, like you were saying about shooting, Tony Parker, Tony, yeah, Tony Parker took a lot of uh, long twos earlier in his career, took a lot of tough twos, and but you look at the rest of the roster, like it was guys that actually shot threes. Like it was so different for the time, and they were the only ones doing it. 
And then as more people started doing it, it was like, oh, this works. Like that's when Miami got on. That's when Chicago tried to get in on it. That's when like all these teams try to add more shooting. And you could see that it was necessary and the league was going that way. Um, JJ Redick became 10 times more valuable because it wasn't like every team had one shooter. Now everybody wanted a lot of shooters. But role players are definitely another thing that like that's a good point. Like in terms of the offensive growth in general, like today now we just have we changed the game to the Phoenix Memphis game. You look at these role players out here now, uh it's guys that could shoot threes and play defense. Like that is what you want from every role player on your team is to play hard defensively and be able to space the floor and I think that relates directly to what you're looking for a backup big, you know? So um, you got any final points? Uh, it's just it's just really cool to see how the league has changed over the past. It seems like it's been gradual over the past like 10, 15 years, but it's it's pretty drastic when you just it look back. Fast. When you just look back five years ago, um, there's still teams that are going to bigger men like, 50 60 percent of the time and Ooh. they're just backing down yeah demarcus cousins he was more of a hybrid though because he could kind of he could handle stretch the floor um but like it's it's just and just like how teams have played pace of play everything skill level everything has changed so much over the past uh 10 15 years and it's just really cool to look back and see how see the different things, see the skill level, uh, and now see what teams are doing with the skill level. It's just really cool to see. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I just think you you did a good job at wrapping it up right there. Um, for me, I'm just excited to see how things keep going, how this season's been great. There's been a lot of really interesting, fun, different basketball from every team. Um, we even find like it's interesting watching the bottom of the league. Like these teams are young, they're exciting, uh, and they all have talent across the board, and that relates from top to bottom. Um, and the change in big men is, I think, just starting. Uh, I think we're going to see more guys that can handle, more guys that could shoot, uh, more guys that could switch out one through five defensively and be seven feet tall. It's going to be special. And we didn't even talk about Victor Wembanyama. That guy is the Honestly, though, he is like the whole conversation we're, we're talking about. Somebody that could – I know that he hasn't played a minute of NBA basketball, but from the outside looking in on this kid, like he he's the whole change of the league in one guy. Like he's the essence of what how basketball's changed. You wouldn't see a 7'3 kid being able to pass dribble and shoot like him and then you go defensively, he has switched out and been able to move against point guards on a consistent basis. Like just being able to do everything at a high level while also being incredibly skilled. It's just where the league is going for every position. But Victor Wembanyama is probably the and Chet Holgram's another really good example of this, but guys that show where the league and where basketball in general is going. Um, but with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. For more basketball content, check us out on our socials, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And make sure to check us out on YouTube for more in-depth basketball content. So with that being said, hope everybody enjoys their new year. And till the next time, peace.